We are finishing up today a series. Uh, we've been doing, uh, this is our third week of the series, Impact. And we've been talking about people that we read about in the book of John who have come in contact with Jesus and uh, where Jesus has made an impact on them. Brian shared our first week of the series about um, the woman at the well and what happened when she was there at the well getting water and Jesus reveals himself that he is Christ, that he is the Messiah. She was the very first one and she ran back to her village and told them about who Jesus was and that whole village was changed because of it. And then last week uh, we dove into John chapter 5 where I shared about the lame man who was laying by the pool for 38 years he had been sick for 38 years he had been hoping and wishing for uh, for someone to heal him for God to heal him and then he had an encounter with Jesus and Jesus just told him stand up pick up your mat and walk and the man was healed and not just physically healed but Jesus challenged him to change the way he had thought for 38 years he had had certain thought processes and Jesus says now you are well go and sin no more and so now we come to today and we're going to finish impact and uh, we're going to dive into the sixth chapter of John. And um, just the, even the title of this section will tell us right away that it's an impactful section. But we have it up here right behind us on the screen and I want you to just read it with me. I like reading scripture together. There's something about it. So are you guys, I mean, we've done a lot of things a little different today. Are you guys good to read scripture with me? Okay, so here we go. We're in John chapter 6, verses 16 through 21. That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake towards Capernaum. Soon a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on water toward the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them, don't be afraid, I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and immediately they arrived at their destination. Okay, can we just go home? I mean, that's, that's an impactful, just even passage of scripture right there, right? Jesus walking on water. Now, I don't know if you are like me, but, you know, I hear that, you know, Jesus walking on water. Well, I want to walk on water. Okay, have any of you had that thought that you want to walk on water? Okay, thank you for the three people that raised their hand. The rest of you, you need to live it up a little bit, okay? But I remember as a kid, I remember hearing this story. And uh, for a few years when I was a child, uh, we had a pool. And uh, I remember, like, I would scooch out on the diving board, right? And then I would, like, lower myself, you know, and I would try to put my feet on the water, hoping that I could walk. Or even I would be on the diving board, and I would, like, run off the diving board, and I thought, if I just kept running, maybe. You know, and I used to convince myself, I'm like, I walked on water, I got, like, one step. I am like Jesus. Anyone else? Maybe not. Try it next summer, you know? Okay, I got, I got someone in the back who said, yes, I have done that. So Jesus walking on water, the disciples hadn't seen it. That's something new. 
And we're going to talk about how him doing that and what happened in that story can impact us and change our life. A quote we're going to kind of hold on to today as I share this message is this one right here. Life with Jesus isn't easy, but it's the best. Okay, can we let that one soak in? Life with Jesus isn't the easiest, but it is the best. When we are followers of Jesus Christ, our life doesn't magically just become perfect. It doesn't mean we don't have struggles. It doesn't mean we have uh, things that are, are, are worrisome or things that sometimes weighs us down. But what I love about it is that in every season and in the good seasons and in the hard seasons, Jesus is with us. And it may not be easy, but it's going to be the best because Jesus is walking with me. So let's go ahead and break down here. Um, John chapter 6, verses 16 through 21. So the disciples and Jesus had just fed the 5,000. I was thinking about sharing on that one out of John chapter 6, but I'm like, I want to see what happens after that. Because a lot of us have heard the story of how, how Jesus miraculously fed. It was 5,000 men, and then it was women, and then it was children. So there was a lot more than 5,000. But here they are. They've just fed the 5,000. There's a following of people who are just following Jesus. And Jesus says to his disciples, I'm, I'm going to just go and be by myself for a little bit. So the disciples, they head down to the boat. And there they are waiting for Jesus. Now, it doesn't say what time of day that they show up to the boat. It doesn't say how long they're waiting for Jesus. But Scripture tells us darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back. So there they are. They've just seen this great miracle. Jesus went off to be by himself. They're waiting for him. But now it's getting dark. And we have to realize, like, Let's put ourselves back there 2,000 years ago. You know, there are no big, like, floodlights. There isn't this big harbor where, or streetlights where it's bright, right? There they are, and it's getting dark, and they're about to head out on the water. Have you ever found yourself waiting on God? God, where are you? God, I've prayed this prayer so many times. Hello? Are you out there? Have you even heard me? Do you even care about what's going on? And then in the midst of life, it even gets a little bit darker, and Jesus still hasn't shown up. I've been there. You know, and you, you, you see God maybe answering prayers of other people, and all of a sudden you hear other people having testimonies, and you're still waiting on Jesus. I mean, yeah, I know there are billions of people out in the world, right? Other people have great needs. Mine may not be the greatest need, but it still is important to me. But there I am waiting on Jesus. So the disciples, I don't know if they got tired of waiting on Jesus. I don't know what discussions they had, but they decided to get in their boat and leave without Jesus. They said, you know what? We're going to get in our boat. And we're going to go. And it's dark. But Jesus isn't here. And I don't know when he's going to show up. But we're going to go. You know, we knew we were going to head in this direction. So, so we're just going to go. 
Jesus is going to just have to catch up with us somehow. So in the boat, they got, and they're sitting there. And, you know, the disciples, they're fishermen. They know the waters. I don't think, like for me, like I'm not used to the water a whole lot, haven't had a boat. You know, so if it gets a little bit rocky, I get really, really nervous, and I get a little seasick, you know. And for it to be recorded in, in Scripture that, that a, a gale, and I don't know if I had to look up the word gale. Does anyone know what, what, what it means when it says a gale? A gale swept down upon them. A strong wind, tornado-like, you know. Not the person gale, just a gale swept down upon them, and the sea grew very rough. So here they go. They get on the boat, and all of a sudden, they are on their way without Jesus. Now, a few years ago, we moved back to Sweden uh, four years ago and uh, moved into a, a fantastic apartment, but it needed some renovation. And uh, so we decided that two years in, it was time to let go of the 80s kitchen and the 80s bathroom. So we said, let's do it. We're going to rip out cabinets. We're going to rip out walls. We're going to have a nice, awesome apartment. And so we started on the kitchen, and, uh, you know, we bought the kitchen furniture, like all the cabinets, and then we bought all the stuff for the bathroom because we were so excited. So we got the cabinets. We got the heated towel rack. I'd never had a heated towel rack in my whole life, you know, and we're like, this is going to be Oh, with the shower wall. We're like, we got this. Well, we decided to do the kitchen first. And all of a sudden, and as you know, with a lot of home improvement projects, is that costs sometimes just have a tendency to be more than what you thought it was going to be. We had to put in a beam and we had to get a crane to put the beam in so that my sister's apartment above me wouldn't fall down on us, you know. So all of a sudden we found ourselves here after finishing the apartment, not having all of the finances to start on the bathroom. So we said, okay, we'll wait. So here we are. We have the kitchen or the bathroom sink and the bathroom cabinet and the shower wall and all of the fixtures for the bathroom we had to put down in our basement. And so for two years, we have been moving this back and forth as we're trying to fit other stuff in our, our basement. Here's this beautiful bathroom furniture. Well, finally, last a week and a half ago, we started the renovation of our bathroom. For any of you who have been to our house, uh, I'm so sorry you had to use my bathroom before this. Um, I apologize uh, that the door, you couldn't lock it. I know that scared a bunch of you who came over for dream team night because you never knew if someone was going to open up the door while you were using our bathroom. Uh, there were holes in my bathroom wall because they were concrete walls and the toilet paper roll would no longer, you know, hold on the wall and it was just a mess. So anyways, a week and a half ago, we started. They're ripping down concrete, tearing up the floor, changing everything, making sure the walls are straight because it's an old apartment. And all of a sudden, we start measuring about all this awesome bathroom furniture we're about to put in. My sink, my cabinet, my wall, my heating rack. We have a slight problem. It's not going to fit because we lost about 25 centimeters, 10, 
on each side and a little extra once you put the tile in. So now not everything fits. And it's one of those, two years ago, we were so excited. We were ready. But we didn't talk to the contractor before we bought all this stuff. I mean, we did our own measuring. But if you spend any time around Brian and I, we are not building people. We are not construction people. So now I am sitting with this bathroom that will be done hopefully next week. And the stuff that I bought two years ago isn't going to fit. I wasn't patient. I didn't wait to find out what the contractor said I was going to need. I mean, it was on sale. It was a great deal. But I went out on my own. Kind of like the disciples. They didn't wait for Jesus. They said, well, we're going to just go. We're going to head this way. We've kind of done this before. And a lot of times, when we take matters into our own hands, we often end up in a place we never thought we would. When we say, well, Jesus, I got this. Jesus, I'm going to do it. Jesus, I'm tired of waiting on you. Jesus, well, you're not showing up. You're, you're too busy somewhere else. And also, when we make statements like that, we really don't know the heart, the, the, the heart of Jesus. When we say, well, Jesus, you're too busy for me. Jesus, you don't have time for me. Jesus, I guess you have more important things. We take away we, the truth that Jesus loves us so much and that he does have great plans for us and he does have great purposes for us. And we become like the disciples and all of a sudden they find themselves in a storm. So here they are in the storm. I mean, it is crazy. The wind is going. I'm, I'm sure their boat didn't look like this boat, right? I mean, this is a great inflatable kayak. I'm sure it was a nice wooden boat, but there they are. And all of a sudden, we see in verse 19, 18, 19, 19 and 20 and 21, all of a sudden, so imagine, we got the 12 disciples. They're on the boat, and they see Jesus walking on water. Here is Jesus. Like, I don't know about you, but that would have an impact, like seeing someone, okay, like picture, you're in the boat, you're out on Malaram, and someone comes walking on the water. And one of the other uh, gospels actually says they thought it was a ghost. They thought a ghost was walking towards them. But there they are. So even more than the storm, they actually got more terrified that Jesus was coming. And so there they are. And then Jesus says, hey, it's me. I'm here. No need to be afraid. And so the disciples, they welcome Jesus into the boat. And then I love it how it says in John chapter 6, it says, immediately they arrived at their destination. Immediately. So they'd already been going for three to four miles, it says in Scripture, on their own. But the minute they invited Jesus into their boat, they immediately arrived to where they were going. Coincidence? I don't think so. You see, when we invite Jesus into our boat, we are guaranteed to arrive at the destination that he has for us. When we invite Jesus into the boat and we say, you be the captain of my boat, you be the one who takes me where I need to go, no matter the storm, no matter what's going on, we know we will arrive at the destination that Jesus has for us. What we can learn here out of John chapter 6 is don't go without Jesus. 
don't go without Jesus. You know, at times we make the plans and then we say, well, Lord, I made this plan. Can you bless it? Lord, I'm going to take this job, but I, but I didn't really pray about it, but, but will you give me favor here? Lord, I really, really want this. Instead of taking that saying, Lord, do you want me to take this job? Lord, do you want me to enter into this friendship? Lord, do you want me to give my time to this? Lord, what do you want me to do? Versus, Lord, I'm doing this. Please walk with me. It's a totally different mindset. And see, when I say, Lord, walk with me, I'm the captain of my boat. But when I say, Jesus, I want to go where you want me to go, he becomes the captain, which really translates in biblical terms, the Lord of our lives. And that's where we want to go. Don't go without Jesus. When we seek God first, it leads to a life of contentment, even in the midst of struggles. You see, when we are followers of Jesus, we follow Jesus' lead, not our own. When you are a follower of Jesus, you do it his way, not your own. When you are a follower of Jesus, not only is he your savior, but he also is the Lord of your life. Number two, the second thing we learn here out of John chapter six is Jesus will meet you in the middle of your storm. Even if you go without him, he's still going to be faithful to meet you in the middle of the storm. See, we all face storms. Some storms are bigger. Some storms are smaller. Some last a long time. Some come instantly. But what I love it in the middle of the storm is that Jesus is right there. You know, we've gone through some different things in our life, and even being here in Sweden, you know, there's been some struggles. But I think the thing that has been the most solid in my life is that Jesus has been my foundation. He's the one I call upon. He's the one who I ask for help. He's the one that I seek. Psalm 94, 18 through 19 says this, and I love the psalm. It says, when I felt my feet slipping, you came with your love and you kept me steady. And when I was burdened with worries, you comforted me and you made me feel secure. That is what happens when we say, Jesus, be with me in the middle of my storm. Jesus, I need you. Be in my boat. Be the Lord of my life. He will be the one who keeps you steady. He is the one who will cover you with his love and make you feel secure. You lose your job. Guess what? Jesus still remains the same. He still remains the same. You're struggling in your relationships. Jesus still remains the same as is the one who can provide you with everything that you need. I come back to the quote, life with Jesus isn't easy, but it so is the best. It is the best life that we can have. Now, I'm going to come back. I'm coming in and out of this boat a lot. I'm getting a lot of exercise. But my question is, so as I'm in my boat, who is in the boat with me. You know, the disciples, there were several of them on the boat. They were friends. They were traveling on the same mission. They were following Jesus. You see, as we go about this life, who you partner your life with, who you invite into your boat, will determine a lot of where you're going to go. And so you got to make sure you have the right people in your boat. You need to have Jesus in your boat, but then who else 
is in your boat. Now, they don't know I'm going to do this, so I'm, I'm going to pick on someone, and now they can't say no because I haven't asked them, but I'm going to say their name. But Simon, would you get in my boat? So Simon's going to give it up for Simon. He's going to come up, and he's like, i got to get in the boat. Now, I want a Simon in my boat. And you know what I want a Simon in my boat? Because Simon loves Jesus. So you can, get, you, can get in the, you can get in the middle. You can get in the back of the boat, wherever you want to go. So i got Simon in my boat. I feel really good about having Simon in my boat. Because, you know what, he's going to challenge me, he's going to encourage me, he's going to pray with me, he's going to maybe tell me when I'm out of line a little bit, right? Yes, yes he would, in, in love, of course, right? In love, right? You know, and then, let's see, I want Nyla in my boat, you know, so we're going to put Nyla in my boat too. And this is what I love, you know, I've just gotten to know Nyla over the last few months, uh, but man, Nyla is passionate about Jesus, she talks about Jesus. She invites friends to church, you know, and she is really just like living this life saying, I'm going to give it all. And so we put people in our boat who are going to help us go in the direction that we should go. People that um, will challenge us, you know, and then, you know, I want Francis in my boat. Francis, get in my boat. Well, let's see, if, can, we, can we fit one more in my boat? I'm going to scooch up a little bit. I got Francis in my boat too. Now, if you get to meet Francis... Oh, he is such an encourager. When you, yep, can you get in? You guys do good, good in my boat? You're good? Okay. I got Francis in my boat. And you should see Francis. Man, he serves. He has a servant's heart. He loves Jesus. He loves people. That's someone I want to be around. And so not only are we saying, Jesus, come into my boat, be, be Lord of my life, be in my boat, but then I need to put some other people in my boat who are going to help me and who are going to encourage me, who are going to inspire me. Okay, give it up for my boat people as they head back. Aren't they awesome? Now, I don't know if I'll take them out in this thing in, um, on Malaran, but, you know, on land we're good. We might capsize if we go out on Malaran together. Who you surround yourself with um, makes all the difference. One of my mentors said, uh, I, was, I was in my 20s, but she just said, Carolyn, show me your friends, and I will show you your future. And uh, I surround myself with people who run hard after Jesus. I surround myself with people who will challenge me with scripture. Well, what does the scripture mean? What is Jesus saying here? I surround myself with people who, uh, in the midst of their struggle, say, will you pray with me? It doesn't make sense. This is hard. Will you journey with me? I remember it was my last year of gymnasiet here in Sweden. Uh, it would be your last year of high school if you speak, you know, in, in North American terms. And uh, I had made some pretty big decisions in my life that last year. Uh, I had had a really big encounter with Jesus. And uh, I just made a choice to um, remove myself from some people, from some situations, I didn't want to gossip like all the other girls did. Um, I didn't feel I needed to go out and party on the weekends. I had some great friends in church, but Monday through Friday, it was pretty lonely in school because I didn't talk with my other, with the friends at school about the same things that they wanted to talk about. I didn't talk about the party or the experiences they had had over the weekends that were completely opposite of what I had done. And I remember that last year, it was a very lonely year. You know, I'd walk the halls of my high school and, um, you know, people weren't seeking me out because I wasn't participating in the things that they were doing. And um, 
that quote, you know, life with Jesus isn't easy, but it is the best, is something that I really, really clung to. Because I knew that the best life I could have was the life I could have with Jesus. And it's not about a list of do's and don'ts that once you follow Jesus, you can only do this and you can't do this. But it's about saying what we said to these five children who stood up here with the Bible is to take that word of God and begin applying it to your life. And that's what I did that, that senior year of high school. And it showed me what I wanted to be a part of. I wanted to be kind. I wanted to be generous. Um, I didn't want to talk bad about people behind their back. I didn't want to be drunk, so I forgot what happened on Friday night and come to school totally, you know, not knowing. But I wanted to live a life that was different. And when we say to Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life, it means we give him full control. We follow his way and not our own ways. And sometimes that can lead to some lonely seasons, but then it can also lead to an incredible season where you get to fill your boat with people who are going in the same direction and who will be the ones who will be there for you and will stand on the word of God with you. One of the things I want to challenge us with as we end this impact um, The first 15 minutes of your day, what do they look like? Your first 15. And it's something that the Lord, you know, we all have, tend to have smartphones, right? And I don't know about yours, but mine lays on my my side table. And it's easy at times you open it up and then you may have messages when you wake up in the morning. I just had someone teach me this week how I can silent my phone from like 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., So right now, I get no notifications. So if you try to message me between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m., I don't get them. Woohoo! So I'm excited about that. So sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I I see a lot of messages or notifications. Uh, But one of the things the Lord has been challenging me specifically is, Carolyn, I want your first 15. I want your first 15 minutes of the day. And so I open up my Bible app. I have YouVerse, a great, great Bible app. And, and so I just, even if it's a short scripture verse, so I read the verse, I pray over my kids, I pray over my husband, and then I get my day going. And to avoid what the disciples did where they didn't wait on the Lord and where they went ahead before Jesus did, if we ground ourselves in the word of God, if we seek first God, we seek first his kingdom, And if we are patient, we will find that Jesus will always be in our boat. He will always be with us. So when the storm happens, we don't have to look around and say, well, where's Jesus? Because he'll say, I'm already in the boat with you.